0: it going tonight everybody we are run the reel featuring mike terry fox and
1: dan and we're back we've returned
2: yes after a brief hiatus we're back again
1: we just keep returning it's almost cyclical
2: (laughs) (laughs) It just keeps we keep coming back around again and again (laughs) Mm, interesting (laughs) kind of like this movie that's
3: bringing us back
2: Yes, it's very interesting. We're doing J-horror. That's what we're doing.
3: And what a movie to bring us back. (laughs) Probably some interesting uh, dialogue
2: about this one, but what movie is it, TV? It's called Uzumaki. Um, It's based off a Junji Ito manga. Um, It's about a small town in Japan that starts to spiral out of control when some of the populace starts to fixate on a pattern known as Uzumaki. Or in English, The spiral. Great description. Thank you. I wrote that one myself. That's a Terry original right there.
0: Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, we're kicking off our J-horror category here with Uzumaki. And like TV said, this is based off of a collection of uh, manga by Junji Ito. Have we all read this? I've read it. I've read it.
1: I haven't, but I need to pick it up, because that collection is sick. Okay, that's going to determine parts of what I say, then. <laughs> I'm aware of, the, yeah, the, the issue with the manga and this. You're good. Well, we
3: are going to spoil the movie. That's
2: true. The movie will be spoiled, so beware. And
3: par- Parts of the book, but honestly, I, I, I'm just going to toot my own horn. I was talking with Terry, and I was like, man, I bet... You for the movie it's just gonna be the two first two chapters of the book and i was right so yep. <laughs> it's really if you want to read the manga which you should do you're not gonna have that much spoiled
2: that's true <laughs> yeah this was made while the manga wasn't even done yet so that's why it doesn't it kind of just starts doing its own thing and the ending of this movie is different <laughs> very different than what happens in the manga but first I was going to say, we should talk about J-horror, like the genre. Yeah. Let's do it. What is J-horror? TV, you're our expert. So I've I've got a book about this that I've been very, very slowly trucking through. (laughs) And it's kind of an interesting conundrum because J-horror is like, I don't necessarily think that's like a good term for it because that seems, you know, Japanese horror is what it stands for, you know? But when you say J-horror, people think of like a very specific type of horror movie, you know? Like the ring, the grudge, stuff like that, basically. Like the girls with the black hair, dark water. Yeah, yeah. Like the face over, the hair over their eyes, that kind of thing. Pulse? Yeah, Pulse would be probably, yeah, in that movement. Um, Uzumaki? (laughs) That, it's a little different, um, actually. (laughs) But it's got that vibe still, I think, I would say. But yeah, I just think it's kind of interesting. The book says it, to think of it more as like an art movement, because... Uh, Like Korea has made very similar movies without even having access to these like J-horror stuff. So like, but we don't call, there's like no K-horror. And like Hong Kong has done the same thing and there's no like HK horror. Uh, So it's like more of a movement, I think, rather than like a genre necessarily. So kind of like the debate
1: with like K-pop, you know, do you define a genre by the country of export?
2: Right, it's just so diverse, you know, like it feels like, It's too broad, at least for me. I don't know. Well,
3: Japan's a big powerhouse for movies. I mean, they were pioneering techniques and doing stuff way ahead of America. So that might be a little bit of why they're giving it that moniker.
2: Yeah, that's true. I mean, technically, we've already discussed some J-horror on here with, like, those old vampire movies that we did.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. That was fun.
2: But that's not what people would think of when you told, talked about J-horror, you know, so. Uh you're right. It's just horror from Japan. I don't know. That's just, that's like the interesting thing I think of about this, like the labels, like, well, I don't know. And the guy in the book, he has issues with it, too. And he also, but his uh, explanation wasn't much better, um, yeah. he, his, or his like alt, his alternate, his alternate wasn't much better, and he even admitted it. He wanted, to, like, some people were wanting to call it, like dead wet girls, and I was like, eh, I don't like that.
3: <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> what a name! You know, that's actually pretty <laughs> close to the, how those movies go.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's accurate. Oh, that's funny. That's what he wanted to call his book, um, but. Instead, I think his, like, publisher, whoever, was like, eh, we probably shouldn't call it Dead Wet Girls. <laughs> yeah, you don't
3: say. That's a huge missed opportunity. Think of how much publicity that would have got him. Man, that would, he'd be
1: selling a lot more of that book. Or no publicity.
2: <laughs> I don't think I'd pick it up. That'd be sketchy, yeah. Probably wind up on a list somewhere. Yeah.
3: I'd at least read the back. <laughs> there you go.
0: We have both people on this podcast here what they would do
2: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah he he decided to go with j horror which is a better title for the book i would say i just thought that was kind of interesting and he talks a lot about like kind of like common themes in it and stuff which is kind of cool but
3: nice so that's the inspiration for our new category then
2: yep yep i have been into j horror lately because of that book what's the book called the book is called J Horror and the author is David Kalat. So, yeah, check it out if you're interested. It's it's pretty good. It's really it's just kind of frustrating cuz some of these movies I just can't find anywhere. So,
3: seems to be the problem with <laughs> those types of things.
2: This one I added to my list a while ago and I was like so excited when it like finally popped up on like Prime again like to actually be viewed cuz the DVDs were like 20-something dollars. I was like, I don't know if I want to spend that much on it. And that's then,
3: actually not bad for hard-to-find DVDs. That's a pretty good price. That is true.
2: <laughs> but I'm hoping if it's on Prime, maybe like there's some distributor that's like got the rights and they're going to make a thing for it. I don't know. I thought it might get cheaper, but...
3: I'd hope so, because I think what's on Prime is just a VHS. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too.
2: That's
3: <laughs> what it looks like.
2: <laughs> Thanks for sharing the knowledge, TV. Yeah. <laughs> No problem. I've, I'm not done with the book. I've, I'm moving very slowly through it. I kind of skip around. Just drop some knowledge on us whenever. You've done your research for these movies. I have. I've bookmarked some spots. Because he has a specific section on Junji Ito, and he mentions this movie, and that's how I heard about it. He's a big deal. Yeah, and I was like, I remember when I first read it, I was like, oh man, he's there's so much about this movie. Then I went to reread it like a couple of days ago. I was like, oh, there's like a few paragraphs, but... So, there's not a whole lot I know about the background of this movie. There's not a ton out there. I was
0: looking on Wikipedia about the production for this movie. There's not a ton.
3: Seems like it was pretty low budget.
0: Yeah, apparently it only had like a budget of like 1 million US dollars or something.
2: Yeah, that's what I heard. Some YouTube video said that. That's not
3: what you need
2: for a Junji Ito
3: adaptation, that's for sure. Yeah, (laughs) and... I'm sure we'll talk
0: about it more, but like when this movie was made, the manga wasn't even
3: finished. Like, How does that even happen? Because from what I know, Uzumaki is like his, one of his big hitters. So did he have something else really, really popular that came out before that manga? Well,
0: this movie was back in 2000. So that's when this happened and Uzumaki was coming out in like comic format. I guess the director for this movie wanted to... He's quoted on Wikipedia here saying that he originally wanted to do a film like Star Wars, but realized that because he was Japanese, he should do something different.
1: It's kind of sounds to me like the studio was eager to cash in on it, <laughs> finished or not. <laughs> do what you want. Make what you want. <laughs> so I guess like
0: the producer or the pro- whoever was the production person for this movie was reading Uzumaki in the magazine at that time. And he was like, hey, you should do this. And
2: that's what happened. It sounded like, at least according to Wikipedia. Very hot, like at the time too, like the Japanese horror result renaissance is that the right word it feels like that was starting to come back into the public eye it was making money in the united states and stuff so that was like kind of a big deal
3: (laughs) because of the dead wet girl yeah yeah specifically the (laughs) ring the grudge oh yeah it's got that written
0: all over it let's talk about the movie if you guys are ready what did
3: you think Uzumaki? I'd rather talk about the manga. (laughs) Same. Very much same. I'm
1: not sure we will. (laughs) You know, I I, I will say, uh, this movie definitely has some flaws. But like, so Netflix, right, has been on this whole live-action anime adaptation kick. And they could definitely take some notes from how this movie was filmed. There was a ton of shots that very much looked like pains in a manga or like scenes in an anime. And I'm kind of astounded that nobody else is like... In, the, in america has been able to emulate this like this movie did
2: yeah i would say this is the the best live action manga i've ever seen honestly really
3: better than blade of the immortal
2: you know i might say i'd like this better actually
1: what <laughs> i feel like blade of the immortal has the same problem it like doesn't capture the anime manga feel it just looks like a movie movie
3: the whole last act of that is
1: straight out of a freaking manga or anime. <laughs> but they don't, like, frame it like one. They just, like, frame it like a samurai movie. It's because it's a movie, not a manga. <laughs> well, somehow this movie manages to make, like, manga kind of shots. Which shots? So, like, a lot of the ones for the faces, right, are real close to the camera, and they're using that real narrow lens to make that fisheye effect. I've seen a ton of animes that do that. But I've never seen Netflix, like... Like, why wouldn't Netflix do that with, like, Death Note? They totally have shots in the anime of that. Because it's
3: very hard to make that work without coming off goofy or just weird. Not scary weird, but just, like, this is weird in a bad way.
1: Or just dumb. I don't know. I kind of like the weirdness of it.
3: It is shot very weird in many places in this, which... Yeah, I get the it adds to the unsettling thing, so I, I can't argue against that. But it also is like mm, I prefer- I would prefer more traditional shot compositions and things like that because it's it's distracting at the same time, at least for me.
2: Sometimes I think it works better than others. Uh, like that fisheye thing. Like the, I think the first time they do it, I can't remember. There's like a couple of times they do it. And the first time I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting. It looked like they, he was really trying to make his actors look like Junji Ito had drawn them. And then other times like the, the eyes get really big. I thought they were CGI at least like one or two of the times. And I didn't like that one as much. But like when his eyes were like spinning around, I thought that was kind of cool.
3: Yeah. That's when it works because that's a horrific scene. It's meant to unsettle you and it's perfect there. But like when you first run into Kiri and Shuichi and it's like getting uncomfortably close to them, it's just, it just comes off weird. I agree.
0: And like paired with the editing, some of these shots just look dumb. Like at the start of the movie, it like zooms in on
2: her feet running multiple times yeah, it goes from, like, close up to, like, slightly closer. <laughs> it's very strange, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then it, like, stops and it zooms in on the side of her face and she, like, feels the wind on her face and then it, like, zooms out again. It, it seemed like one of those goofy, like, mockumentaries where they zoom in real close on somebody saying something and zoom out.
1: There was a lot of that manual zoom, but I guess that kind of just felt like classic japanese cinema to me They they do a ton of manual zooms in those don't they like even like old godzilla they'll like zooming
2: on people's faces like that that's true like samurai movies the eyes
0: i guess yeah you got a good point but i don't know it didn't work for me so much to have them so closely like spaced together with all these weird editing and shot choices like the dude who jumps out at her and startles her <laughs> where he's on like each side of the screen that was weird that's like literally a minute after the shots of zooming in on her feet. It's like, give us some breathing
2: room at least for me. I think he calms down with that though, like later through the movie. It doesn't get as weird with the editing. I think the editing's pretty weird in the like first like third of it, but then yeah, it kind of chill I don't know if chill's out the right word, but it doesn't <laughs> get as quirky with it.
3: I will give it credit though, since we're talking about the shots. there are some really horrific ones in here like you guys are gonna love me for this funnily enough my favorite part of this was the the flashback where it's the point of view one could say found footage type view of when she's walking it
2: is found footage right oh yeah wait well is it in the washing machine is that what you're thinking of yeah
3: and she walks up to the washing well not not that one but Yeah, the one where she's, like, having the nightmare about it.
2: Oh, yeah, I guess we get that a few times.
3: And you finally get to see what's in the washing machine. I was like, that figures that that's my favorite part of the film.
2: That was good, though. Yeah, it was eerie. That whole section of that movie is, like, my favorite part, I think, of, like, just that guy slowly going crazy with these spirals and, like, yeah, his outcome. That was awesome.
3: And when Carrie first like shows up and she like exits the frame to go to the back, and it just like slowly's backing up with the creepy music, and then it's putting the guy's face on there
2: too. It's overlaying it, yeah, that was weird, but so cool. Those were so
3: good like he he did a lot of experimental stuff with the um shots, but he did do some pretty effective horrific ones too so i'll give them props for that those those two parts i was like man i wish you could have done stuff like that this whole film,
2: <laughs> yeah i also really liked i mean it's yeah like when he's like guy like falls down the he jumps down the stairs or whatever and like the camera like it literally spirals down and like goes to him Ooh, yeah that was a cool one he does that a couple times with different shots and i really thought that was pretty neat there are a lot of camera spirals in this movie. Yes, very fitting.
0: Yeah, there's even like in the background, in the background they do like weird um, after effects of spirals in certain spots too, which I don't know how I feel about that. Felt a little
2: little weird and forced and a little goofy. I kind of liked it. Yeah, I, first, I noticed it once or twice, but I really didn't notice it that much. There's a bunch. Yeah, there's quite a few. At first, it was kind of like,
0: you know, in Western horror movies, um, like you'll see something in the background once and it's gone real quick. It felt like that at first, but then it just kept happening and happening. I was like, hmm, a little overkill on the spiral thing here,
3: aren't we? Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of what makes the book, or sorry, the manga. That's what makes the manga scary. You're reading it and then you're just like, Looking and then there's something there that's a spiral and you're like oh okay and then you're done and you start noticing all the spirals around your house and you're like oh okay (laughs) I mean he does show you spirals a lot too so I don't know it's kind of weird I'm talking about just the weird after effects spin yeah yeah that that's what I mean too it's it's kind of weird but I don't know kind of fitting it it's just weird a weird choice. It's
2: very experimental, yeah.
1: And it was also 2000, so, I mean, it's that CGI that we have such disdain for. And <laughs> for a
2: million dollars, yeah, like, <laughs> not much. But, yeah, I-, I only noticed it a couple times, but, yeah, I, I kind of stopped looking for it. There is a lot of, like, weird stuff in the background of this movie, though, like, we're just, like, the people walking around, and I really like that about it. Like, there's, like, when they're, like, walking down the hallway... there's just, like, students standing outside the door just staring downwards, like, blank-faced. Yeah. That was so creepy. There's so much (laughs) weird stuff like that. We just see, like, a shot of a guy just, like, walking backwards for some reason. That one was very unsettling. (laughs) It's weird. Yeah. it, It reminds me of, um... Oh, uh, David Lynch. Like, this movie gave me, like, a big, like, Lynchian vibe. Like, Twin Peaks or something. Like ordinary small town and then suddenly things are kind of weird you know and it's like the small underbelly of the weirdness that starts to creep out i i really like the kind of the vibe with all this weird background stuff i thought it built up the atmosphere really well that is
3: good and i'll give him credit too that he does take the time to build up to the third act of this movie and doesn't just go for jump scare after jump scare to try and startle you he does try the build up to a horrific scare. Um, by setting up the characters, arguably a bit better than the manga did actually. And then putting all that weird crap in the background too. Um, so that I appreciated as well. Let's talk about
2: the look, I guess. You said you didn't like the look of this thing.
3: Man, yeah, this look this movie looks like crap. It's like somebody whoever <laughs> did the color correction or whatever went in there and took the contrast all the way down everything is washed out it's so dark you can't hardly make out what's going on and it's like got all this nasty like gray and green in the color correction or whatever it's so ugly and then also, since this is basically a VHS tape that they <laughs> uh, put on a di- DVD or whatever and uploaded the Amazon, that doesn't help either because the resolution's so bad. Combine that with the, <laughs> the muddy look of the film and it's, ugh. it does look like
0: somebody just smudged slime all over the screen <laughs> for most of it. Like, it looks like you're in... Shrek Swamp, what? It's so green. <laughs> and, I don't know about that. I'm more of a gray than a green. <laughs> I'm more. I'm color deficient or whatever, like color blind. I don't know.
3: It just looked not very good, <laughs> man. And to put the the nail hit the nail on the head even more here. That's like completely against Junji Ito's works. He is extremely detailed when he's drawing his horrific stuff. So it's like, if anything, you should be able to see extremely clearly what's going on, and we should be getting close-ups on the nasty crap. But that's not what this movie does at all. In fact, they cheap out on the nasty stuff. Understandably why, but yeah, I have nothing but bad things to say about how this movie looks I hate everything about it
2: <laughs> yeah I, I think I disagree I actually think that it looks really cool it does it feels like a, a lost tape like you find somewhere like out in the woods or something and you brushed it off and it's like oh I, I don't know if I should be watching it or something I don't know it just adds this, it's really gritty and like green and I, I, I thought it was cool I did a lot of creepiness to it for me
3: i i'd say it would be creepy but i couldn't see
1: very well what was going on so i guess it doesn't necessarily creep me out it's just become kind of the i know it's like a J horror film from the renaissance if it looks like that i guess there's a reason we don't see this style much
3: anymore
2: (laughs) (laughs) i like it but yeah i think it fits with like the low budget i think it actually helps them like High bad effects
3: probably maybe i don't know i don't really
2: have a hard time like seeing things in this i didn't feel like whenever anytime it was night out
3: like yeah when they're in a building and it's not dark out it's not as bad it's still like subpar i would say for sure but when it gets dark is when it's m- mostly having its biggest issues which is a Big majority of this movie, too. (laughs) Yeah, Dan, you said something earlier about how Junji
0: Ito's style is so detailed in the manga. And I want to talk about that a little bit because I think that that's one of the things I enjoyed the most about the manga. And it makes it hard to translate that into film. So I think them filming Uzumaki this way, I didn't realize how low budget this was until today when I looked it up. But I think they had, like, an impossible task to translate Junji Ito to screen. I would agree with that. I don't know how you'd put a lot of his drawings on the screen. I don't think it can be done. So I do feel bad for him for that. Because, I mean, with Uzumaki, you can literally pick it up and look at any page of the manga. And it's so detailed and, like, he put so much work into each frame. It's insane. So, yeah, I think just... This movie at low budget, I just don't think it can be done super well for me because the stuff I like about Junji Ito is all the detail that goes into his work. I don't really care about the character development, but he's like the only guy who draws all this horrific stuff that is insane horror.
3: And that's what makes his... that Or that's a big reason why his stuff's so horrific. Like, I'm never gonna forget... The first time Kiri goes to the dude's house to give him the the pot and he like rolls his tongue and just that like page in the manga is so freaky looking. That's almost completely skipped over. And it's like, it's like that for all of his horrific stuff. You just open it and it's right there and you can't escape it, but you're just drawn into it at the same time. That's a big thing and why his stuff's so horrific and that's completely lacking in this film yeah to the film's credit though they do do
0: the like um page turn uh mechanic that junji ito does really well is before you see something horrific he draws um a page where you see the person's reaction as they're seeing it And then you turn the page and then you see what they see. So that is in this movie really well for the washing machine scene. And that was, like you said, that was my favorite part of this movie. So like the look on that, I wanted that kind of stuff for this whole movie, but you don't get a ton of it. And when it does, it's not very much, but they didn't have much of a budget to do it, I guess.
2: And I I don't know how they would even be able to, like, get it to that high level without it being, like, animated itself, you know? I don't think they would ever be able to achieve it in live action. It'd be hard to
3: practical that, man. Funny you bring that up, because the Junji Ito collection um, got a lot of flack for having subpar animation and subpar drawings for the the horrific stuff in that, and that's an animated... um, Collection, so <laughs> they couldn't even do it right when they animated it. So <laughs> yeah,
2: well, maybe they picked the wrong people. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying, like real life people don't look like what Jinji draws. Like even his like facial expressions, there's something off about them Like their big like giant eyes and stuff. Like you, I don't think you'd be able to do it with live action.
3: I, I think you could, but you'd need a lot of money. Yeah,
2: maybe <laughs> that's right. Yeah,
0: it depends, and that's what makes the manga so terrifying to me. It's very unsettling how, like, everything looks. He can make a spiral super unsettling in the manga. And they do do that in this movie a little bit, but it's not to the same degree. And when they try to do the weird character expressions, it looks more goofy to me in a movie than anything else, the way they presented it in this. That's part of why I did not like watching this at all, It's just the look of this movie is not even a quarter of as good as what the manga is and i think it's just an impossible task
3: (laughs) you can't perfectly adapt a book or manga or video game into a film because they're different genres different mediums right but you can get the spirit of it and like what makes it what it is and you can get those concepts to transfer over and that's I don't feel like the guy who made this got all of those concepts. Like he got some of them, like the build up, the slow build up of tension, and then you turn that page and there's something horrific there, and then things spiral out of control. Um, ah. He's got that, but he's completely missing like what we just talked about. <laughs>
2: I guess for me, I I like the art style. Don't get me wrong. I love Jinji Ito's art. I think it's amazing. But I just like his weird ideas. And I think he does capture that pretty well in this movie. With, like, just... Like, who comes up with that? All of a sudden, a small town gets obsessed with spirals of all things. Like, what? Okay. And, like, how could you make that scary? And, I mean, Jinji Ito nails it. And I think this one does, too, for the most part. It does a good job of, like, making it creepy.
1: I'm with you, TV. You know, it's like the idea, the intangible aspect of, like... Why are all these people not more concerned about all of this bizarreness? Why are they just like, yep, that guy's covered in slime. Let's just laugh at him.
2: (laughs) It's just so weird. The guy turned into the snail and they're like, oh, I kind of like it. It's cute. You're like, what? It's strange. Yeah. I, I think that he nails the spirit of like the writing, maybe not the art style, but I think he does get the writing. And I guess it was enough for me where it doesn't sound like it was enough for you guys.
3: Well, I mean, it's Junji Ito. You you hear that and you think of the weird, crazy, like horrific things. And at least for me, I think of that, those crazy panels. Like, what about the mosquito ladies in the hospital from later in that book? And then the, what happens with the, the one, you know, what panel I'm talking about. I do. (laughs) See, it's like, that's like an iconic thing that's missing.
2: Now, I will admit I don't remember the Mosquito Woman, but what I do remember is the guy in the like tub or whatever like that turned himself into a spiral. I think them following the manga so closely as they do
0: kind of hurts the movie more than anything else because the main characters are not very interesting at all, and I don't think that they should have focused on them (laughs) because everybody else besides the main characters were super interesting, I thought.
3: It's weird, like, uh, I like that he tried to give um, Kiri and Shuichi more of a backstory in this, because that's, like, not existent at all in Junji Ito's works. I mean, his, his, his characters are like H.P. Lovecraft characters, right? They're just somebody who's there and dealing with it. Um, Though I'd argue, at least for me and Uzumaki, you get attached to Kiri just because she's always trying to help out everybody and you want to see her succeed in this crazy thing that's going on. But yeah, I I did appreciate that he tried to give them more than what the manga did, but at the same
2: time,
3: yeah, (laughs) it wasn't much better.
2: Yeah, I liked all the like side characters like their parents. I thought the parents were really interesting. Like the guy going mad uh, at the beginning, then yeah, Kiri's dad starts to go crazy. Those were all those were all the best actors, too, I think. I don't think the leads in this were all that great, honestly. I didn't think they acted that great. Yeah, I guess
0: supposedly this was Suichi's first role is what I heard on a YouTube video.
3: Really? Huh.
0: Yeah, so he didn't have any previous experience acting.
1: You know, I could easily see him being in, like, a adaptation of, like, a mystery detective anime. There's so many brooding, glasses-wearing, <laughs> stoic-faced <laughs> detectives,
2: you know? I could see it, yeah. I mean, he, he
3: I mean, pretty much <laughs> is Shuichi from the book, though. <laughs> oh, is he? <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Shuichi just sits around and broods um, because he's he's stuck there. He knows what's going on and he can't do anything. And then he'll like, just he'll show up and just start yelling or try and get people out of a bad situation. So he's, they're pretty much, I'd say Kiri suffers the most in this from, because she, I don't think she tries to help somebody one time in this movie. <laughs> And she was always doing that in the manga. So that's just one thing that connects you to her in the manga that's not present in the movie.
2: <laughs> yeah, she's just like living her life. We just kind of follow her around, I think. Yeah, just kind of to if see through her eyes, like all the weird stuff happening.
1: I was not impressed by her lack of agency throughout this movie. It seems like she kind of just bounces wherever the other side characters tell her to go.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: Or is that how it is in the manga? I guess I, I don't know, but I, I, I was yeah, not big on that aspect. Kinda, I, it it's very much.
3: Ito's very much inspired by Lovecraft, right? And Lovecraft's characters have no agency, <laughs> so that's that's kind of it's kind of like you're experiencing it through them. You're the or they're
1: your vessel or whatever. Kinda, it's not always the case, but like well, i guess I, I mean like you know like like in a lovecraft someone will be like i'm going to go investigate this anomaly but in the case of kiri they're like yo kiri get over there to this guy's house why don't you get over to the hospital real quick why don't you come with me real quick
2: she never like makes a choice <laughs> and then there's like a side character that we just that, he, that we just met has to go investigate like <laughs> oh yeah that was bad. <laughs> that was very weird I don't know it's kind of like a like just kind of day in the life kind of thing but yeah I just wasn't a big fan of the like the act she kind of grew on me towards like the end just like acting wise at first I was like she seemed very over the top and kind of kiddy and weird um but she got better I think acting wise at least but the character itself yeah I was never really invested in
3: see that's something they could have improved for the movie and like I said they tried a little bit and I'm glad that they did that. It added more depth to them, but they should have done it some, a little bit more. <laughs> Take out the randomly thrown in, half-done plots from some of the other stories and just develop those two some more. Yeah, I just loved the two, like, dads when they were interacting in this movie. Ooh, that was creepy. <laughs> and
0: I wish they would have focused more on them, because they actually did that stuff pretty good in this movie, I thought. Like when he was getting up in the spiral with his
1: video camera (laughs) as that guy's making the pot. That was such a weird scene. That was very uncomfortable. I felt like dirty after he shoved his camera down in the bowl. I don't know. Yeah, that was good. That was
0: good. There's a few scenes like that in this movie. Like we talked about the washing machine, the the bull and the guy with the camera or the mom when she like is in the hospital and she realizes there's a spiral in her ear. That's when this movie was at its best, but those scenes are so, like, spread out and thin in this movie when they could have been a lot more, in my opinion.
3: Like, they could have made the the tongue unveiling scene one of those two, but they just skipped over that because they... They didn't know how to do that one.
2: (laughs) I kind of like how they did that. That creeped me out because we like see like a reflection in the TV for like a split second at first of like the tongue thing, and like I was like, did I see something there? What was that? That was weird. And then yeah, later you like we finally see like what we saw on the screen, and that was I thought they did actually a pretty good job doing that. I think Dan and I are biased
0: because we literally like just read Uzumaki. We did just both read it this year. It's been a couple years for me, yeah, I don't know. It's been a couple weeks since I read it. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's very fresh in our minds what is actually in the manga. So we're definitely comparing this movie to it hard. Right. So it's a little unfair, I think.
1: I mean, having not read it, you know, I mean, I can always appreciate an underdog trying to do some experimental stuff, you know, regardless of the source material. But plot definitely is where it sinks the most for me.
2: It feels like a a series almost, but they kind of do it like that, like the chapter one, chapter two. They kind of did. They stop doing that after chapter two. It felt like they just kind of quit doing that. There was four of them. Oh, there's four in this movie, four chapters. Okay. The
3: the book is very much like that at the start, like chapters one and two, uh, or books one and two are pretty. Um, connected though they have some weird offshoots, and then, after that, it just feels like what's weird happening in this town again? You know, oh, let's look at this weird thing, and then let's go look at this weird thing uh it kind of it feels a lot like the first few issues of Invincible actually, and how it's just broken up, but then near the end, it gets a lot more cohesive and comes together. So it it does feel like the book kind of or the manga kind of in that regard. But that doesn't excuse the <laughs> a lot of the poor plot things they bring up. Like, I love how they bring in that reporter and he goes and does his traditional horror. Let's go look in the library thing. And then he finds like Snake and something and then you <laughs> never hear about it again what was
1: up with the mirrors the mirror that was the other thing <laughs> so like yeah having not read this there are so many like cool occult ideas thrown up that they just ignore and it's i'm like we were like we want to know the mystery what's going on what's with the mirrors and the serpent nothing just ignored <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was weird yeah I, I didn't like that either well i tried to explain it
1: i was like is it like an ouroboros thing but <laughs> nothing else really leads me to think it's that
2: it,
3: it is a, a half-baked idea to try and explain what was going on but you don't need to explain what's going on with this type of horror you know like, even the book doesn't really explain what's going on at the end of it. So it's like, it, it, it's just a real, really, they don't even need the reporter. He's inconsequential in this movie. He does literally nothing except pad the runtime.
1: <laughs> this is where my big criticism is going to come in, right? Like, so Ito, right? Inspired by Lovecraft. Whoever this director was, or the screenwriter, whoever wrote it, like, did not understand the Lovecraft thing. Like, how could we as humans understand the unknowable, the things that should not be? Like, why even bother?
2: <laughs> Come on. Well, here's a an inverse. It felt like a very big stretch that he was trying to explain something that wasn't even there to me. I mean, I don't know if that's what he was going for, but I was like hmm this means snake and a snake is related to a mirror in this random weird way i'm like (laughs) what
1: yeah it doesn't make any sense
2: but and i don't think that i don't think they're going for this but i'm just being the contrarian here but it's like yeah maybe there is no mystery it's the human mind trying to rationalize like this weird thing that doesn't make any sense anyways Ooh, that's fair tv (laughs) that's a cool idea But if they're going to do that, they need to
3: finish out that idea
2: with the man
3: going nuts.
2: Yeah, they they need to make a point of it. He does die, but yeah, he doesn't ever figure anything out or not figure anything out. Yeah, I would agree. I think I don't know if they're trying to go for a sequel or something or they just like ran out of time because this movie does just end. It doesn't like have an ending, which is strange.
1: I did read that they were very pressed for time and very much rushed through the production of this movie, so...
3: That ending is so freaking bad. Oh my god, (laughs) that's the worst ending I've seen in a movie in, like, ages.
1: Kind of cracked me up in a bad way, like, let's just send it all to hell right now, everything's gonna go wrong all at once, let's just... Send it all right now.
3: <laughs> well, and I know what he was trying to do. He was trying to adapt the last part of the manga that probably released in the comic or in the magazine, but that's not how that worked in that particular story.
2: He <laughs> <laughs> had to end it somehow, but that was not the way to do it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it just it just happens out of nowhere. It's, oh, it's so bad i can't believe that they ended it like that like i i don't even know what else to say besides it's bad it, it's, there's there's no payoff for any of the movie there oh and then there's the slideshow of everything they didn't get to film afterward oh
1: so my fiance and i kind of thought that was interesting actually to like get to see some of the things we didn't get to see because we had been like Show us more horrible things. And then finally we were like, thank you, (laughs) I guess. A final concession to us.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I love that slideshow. I thought that was so creepy. It's it's more like an insult after that
3: insult of an indie. I don't know if I was. <laughs> they should have just please. like. It, it, to me, it was like, oh, look, here's the magazine. Let me film the panels from the magazine of the story, and I'm gonna put these at the end of the credits. <laughs> it's- that's how it felt to me anyways.
2: <laughs> I didn't feel like it was that bad. It was not great. I think they should have had at least like, I don't know, an hour more to finish this story because it does not feel like it ended at all. But I left me wanting more, I guess. I don't know. The pictures I liked a lot, actually. I was like, wow, that's really creepy. It was like the after, like the, the, the rest of what's happened to this town afterwards is what I kind of took it as. It's really creepy. Those scenes should have been in the movie. At the end of it, the bloopers? I don't think they were bloopers. I think that's, like, what happened to the town. They, like, like shriveled up, and they were, like, died, like, leaning against, like, poles and stuff. All these people just died.
3: Well, that's a straight... That one was a straight rip from the hair story in the manga.
2: Right, yeah, but I think she wasn't like that in the movie. Like, that's just, like, the aftermath. This is, like, looks what's happened to all these people. It's not like a blooper reel, like, well, this is what could have been, but it's, like, actually what happened after the credits.
3: Yeah, yeah i guess so at least it's there i suppose <laughs> otherwise all the random bits he picked from the book to put in here wouldn't make i mean they still don't make much sense but and to be fair junji ito has some very weird ideas that don't work in <laughs> in a lot of his his mangas they put a lot of stuff in the background of the movie that harkens to things in the manga which i like but then like they they cherry pick the hare and the slug or the snail sorry thing and they like kind of do them kind of cop out of doing them too and it's just With that ending and, like, how little time they focus on it compared to the rest of the movie, it feels really weird
2: that they did that. Yeah, I would agree. It just isn't fleshed out enough.
1: You know, I think the worst thing for us is that this movie, like, the ending begins when we go back to Kiri's house. And then Shuichi comes in and he says, Kiri, I gotta tell you my deep, dark secret. (laughs) <laughs> I'm actually Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> like, I mean, it was gross to look at, but it was just so random. Like, it just happened. Is that how it is in the manga? I don't know. Like, no. we were just like, there's no build up here. Like,
2: this needed to be like a trilogy or something. Like, this did need a lot more time. I think. Like, they needed more movies, or should have just been like a TV show.
3: I think with an hour, honestly, they could have like finished it. Just cut out. Cut out all the unnecessary stuff from the manga, like the hair and then some others I won't spoil and just focus on like those first two chapters. As much as I love the mosquito ladies part, they could probably leave that out too, and then do like the last three or four chapters as well. And then the I think that would make a solid two and a half hour movie. But they didn't they didn't have the time or the money.
2: I do have an idea for a sequel that I want to see. I'm gonna pitch it to you guys.
3: Ooh, all right. Does it involve Mister Fantastic?
2: Uh, <laughs> it does not, but you know, maybe I can. <laughs> we can wiggle that in there. Maybe he could be the main character. Uh, uh, the Fantastic Four shows up in a small <laughs> Japanese village, and no, uh, I was thinking like the ending in this movie with all those pictures is kind of what sparked it. It was like the aftermath, and I started thinking. This kind of reminds me in a weird way of, like, coloring out of space where it's just, like, this weird thing. Nobody knows what's happening, but people are slowly getting infected with this obsession, and, like, they're dying. And I, I was I was like, okay, this kind of makes me think of color of space. So I kind of want, like, an annihilation thing where, like, this town has, like, been warped and changed and weird and, like, this, like, maybe it's found footage or maybe not. Where like, this team of, like, explorers or scientists go in to, like, investigate this like lost town that like fell into madness and spirals and like they find all this horrific stuff like maybe the lady who's like melted with the steel pole her hair's all going nuts there's a guy twisted up they find a lot of weird things maybe they start to go crazy themselves boom sequel i like
3: that it'd definitely help out and they could adapt the end of the manga into it too <laughs>
2: yeah and <laughs> they can find the yeah, mysterious thing yeah they
3: kind of do that because at near the end that reporter who the reporter and this is supposedly well i don't know they do have a reporter who shows up and then can't leave the town uh so they kind of
2: that would be cool they i don't know i just there's so much like more room to explore i just wanted more
1: Absolutely, that's that's what we wanted. Good lord, yeah. Just just drops off. Just uh, so abrupt. Are we ready for
0: overall presentation? I think we're like getting into it.
2: Let's do it. Let's just give a summarize our stuff. So we usually rate these movies on a scale that goes from burn it, pass, watch it or buy it in that order. We're all gonna summarize our opinions and then we're gonna each give our rating at the end, so who knows where we'll land will this spiral out of control much like a small Japanese town or will it kind of fizzle out towards the end and um stop spiraling <laughs> I don't know where are my analogy is going with that but uh you know usually we like to pick randomly around here but and you know what it's funnily enough I did today I was like I got this nice nice round circly shape you know dartboard and i was just gonna like chuck a dart and see whether it hit but then i started staring at the dartboard and it started to kind of like warp and the shape started to kind of like kind of curve and go inwards and it started heading towards a certain name and it just kept going round and round and round and then it finally hit and it was mike no he's
3: been chosen by the spiral the Uzumaki. Yeah, so
0: I just didn't like watching this one so much. He does some cool stuff with the few scenes we've talked about. Like, the he nails the page turn and that one scene with the washing machine. But I think he's got unfair uh, task of making Junji Ito into film. And I just think it's really difficult to translate from what he does in the manga on the page with his pen and paper into a media-like film. So, especially after me reading Uzumaki and coming into this, I was comparing it hard. But he does do some cool stuff. I'm not a big fan of the look of the movie. It's a little too dark in spots for me, but I'm going to give this one a pass. He does try and he does know some of the source material in those one scenes, especially the page turn.
1: I mean, so you're not wrong that Junji Ito is a big deal, and I haven't read this one, but I am familiar with some of his more kind of mainstream works here in the West, like, you know, and I mean, they are incredible, and his style is amazing, and this is not (laughs) a great adaptation, as far as I can tell, (laughs) based on the other things I have seen. But with that in mind, you know, this is a pretty low-budget experimental film from someone who seems like he has some big ideas, and I... I do appreciate a lot of the stuff they try. You know, there's those weird fish eye shots. There's a lot of scenes where they like remove frames from like a uh, like a dolly up or a manual zoom that are really bizarre. And they don't always play well, but I I do appreciate people trying. I've, I've really been burned out on the traditional American conjuring and insidious style of horror. So this is a breath of fresh air, even if there's maybe some bizarre odors. <laughs> in that fresh air. I think it is going to be a cautious watch for me. I, I did enjoy this. I had fun. There were some tense moments. I wouldn't say I was ever scared, but I was at least interested up until that terrible, terrible, terrible end. <laughs> but it's still a watch for me, I think, ultimately. I, I think it really lends itself to an understanding of the genre.
2: Yeah, this is definitely a weird one. I mean, it's definitely... I don't know. It'll probably click for you or it won't. I did think this was pretty cool. It's very experimental. It's low budget. So, I mean, don't expect too much from it. But I think he does some interesting stuff. It's got a weird vibe to it that I like. It's kind of... I don't know. Lynchian, maybe. Dreamlike. Kind of Lynch kind of goes for that dreamlike weirdness, too. It just felt weird and odd. The music is over the top sometimes. Sometimes it really works. And that's kind of how a lot of this movie is it's over the top a lot. There's some strange, like changing of tones. Like sometimes it gets kind of funny. Sometimes it's trying to be more serious. It's all over the place, but I kind of like it about it. Um, it does like the best stuff is like, yeah, the family stuff, like with the dad who becomes a spiral himself. And then there's the pottery guy who starts to go crazy as well. And the mom, like that's all really good. And I kind of wish they would have just kept it simple and focused on that. Cause he kind of shoots for the stars and he, I would say he kind of misses because the ending falls flat and I, I wish maybe there's a sequel or maybe this was a more of a limited series, but overall I think it's an enjoyable watch for me, but yeah, I just, I i, I do agree. It, it could have been so much more um, Junji Ito stuff's really creative and cool. And I think this guy's pretty creative and cool, but he just didn't have the budgetary means to do it. And I guess he didn't have the whole story. Maybe he could have made his own, but either way, yeah, I'm going to give it a watch. I think it's worth checking out if you're curious. It's on Prime, but I mean, it is a strange movie, so just keep that in mind.
3: For me, I like to judge adaptations um, based on if there's something worthwhile over the source material. And for this movie, no, there is nothing in it. That it is worth your time when the manga exists. This isn't a Lord of the Rings scenario where both the ma- the manga that would be sick actually <laughs> where that where would be cool. It's not a Lord of the Rings scenario where there's things in the movies and the books that are both worth the price of admission. No, everything good about Uzumaki is in the manga and. Almost none of that transfers to the movie, unfortunately. Because um, this guy, it's weird. I I think he gets some of it, and then he doesn't get some of it at the same time. Like there's scenes like when the stalker kid jumps in front of the car, and it has the big close up of him caught up under the wheel, and then the Um, spiral of the window shield break that's broken and the guy's eyeball in the middle of it right that's like something straight from the manga and then you've got just crap that (laughs) that makes no sense it's a very mixed bag in that regard i i just yeah i was very disappointed with it and i'm also not a big fan of 2000s horror i hate that um (laughs) that aesthetic that they all use the plots all over the place i mean if you only got a million bucks and you want to do junji ito why didn't you do the enigma of amigara fault that's my question that one you could uh, you could do that as a student film and make it work probably so I think yeah they did not spend their money wisely when choosing to <laughs> adapt Uzumaki, you know? That and Remina definitely are big budget adaptations because of what happens in those, but I I think a lot of things went wrong with the making of this. So I'm going to give it a pass. I didn't hate it. So I, like worth I didn't hate it enough to burn it cuz it is it's comp- it's competent, even if the plot is not so much. So I'm just going to give it a pass. Go pick up the manga and read it, please. It's so much better.
2: All right, pretty mixed bag then, I guess. What, two passes, two watch-its. it. It's it's the Lovecraft scenario all over again, right? There's
3: a reason there's not many Lovecraft movies and there's a reason that very few of them are actually good it's one of those situations unfortunately
2: yeah Th- he this is a crazy thing to try and make into a movie that's for sure yes and and fox rightfully called me
3: out the enigma of amigaro fault came out way after this movie was made <laughs> but yeah my 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 point still stands i think if it's the lovecraft scenario and then not spending your money wisely scenario too i i think on this one unfortunately i will say
1: why don't we have somebody's super low budget experimental college film version of the enigma of amigara fault that would be amazing (laughs) that would be so good that's the dude's
3: best work and it's probably the easiest one to make into a movie too
2: i would say they did make like six tomi movies that's based off his manga too i need to read that one i have not read it yet maybe those work better i don't know yeah i think this is kind of a weird you know like it is kind of in like the back channels of J horror like i've never heard of this movie until i read about it in that book did not know it existed either until you told me I'm just glad I could watch it. Watch one movie from that dang book that I can get my hands on. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's unfortunate. I'm not like mad I watched it. I'm I I guess I'm I don't know. I'm glad I saw it, but I Does't mean you have to watch it listen <laughs> this for
2: you. is my
3: this is my hobby. I like to watch movies, even if they turn <laughs> out bad, but you shouldn't watch this if you if you don't watch as much as I do <laughs> yeah, it's
2: very weird, very strange, but
3: it's only the ones that I give a burn to that I generally wish I had never seen.
2: Movies got to be pretty bad. I think me and Mike were talking about this the other day. A movie's got to be pretty bad to really, like, offend my sensibilities, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Because even if it's a pass, I can find, you know, like, if it's just kind of me, I can find something redeemable. It's something that's decent. I might give it a pass either way, but, like, man, it's got to be bad, like American Psycho too bad or something. oh. Ugh. So, what's next? Who's picking the next movie in our J horror excursion? I've got one we could do
3: if nobody else does. It's the movie's called, I think it's, I don't know how you say it actually. It's Quaidon or Quaidon or something like that. K W A I D A N is how it's spelled. It's on HBO Max. It is a collection of four japanese folk tales and it is over three hours so there's that too
2: it's an old movie too it's like from the 60s
3: 1964 directed by masaki kobayashi the guy
2: who did harakiri
3: and samurai rebellion and the human condition trilogy
2: And I think I own this one, actually. I haven't watched it yet, so hopefully it's good. <laughs> well, we'll I, I'll, I'll say
3: it. This movie has one of the coolest scenes I've ever seen in, in a movie. Ooh. So I'm real curious what you guys will think of it when it gets there. The, this is technically would be J-horror because they're horror folk tales. <laughs> so it, it counts for me.
2: Yep, yeah, and it's mentioned in the book, so, I mean, the book I'm reading, so, there's, like, from the origins, where did, like, all this, these ideas come from, and then you can trace them back pretty far, so. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, if any of your listeners want to get in contact with us, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Run the Real, or you can email us at at com. Let us know what you think about Uzumaki, if you've seen it or heard of it. But let us know what you think about the manga. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, even and just j-horror in general what are your thoughts on the genre what are your thoughts like what kind of movies do you like from it all of that stuff i want to know
3: did you know that the ring and the grudge and dark water are, were originally japanese movies that the american hollywood
2: directors stole they stole <laughs> hey the, the the grudge was directed by the guy who did the japanese one was it really
3: Man, I didn't even know that.
0: All right. Well, thanks for listening to us tonight, guys. Be sure to get in contact with us and tell us your thoughts about everything. Uh, This is Run The Real, signing
2: off. So, uh, what what do I usually say? It's been so long. (laughs) It's time to start
3: brand new then, if you want. Do whatever
2: you feel (laughs) like. Yeah, TV. Do something
1: new and weird, and we'll just, you know, brush it off or something.
2: (laughs) Nope, I've remembered. So, Um, we usually rate these movies on a scale that goes from burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it.